are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. We're going to um, take a deeper dive into the subject of Operation Bluebeam. And uh, we've mentioned Operation Bluebeam on a number of programs. It keeps coming up. And in the last, I'd say the last year, um, the topic of UFOs and extraterrestrials has really dominated the media and has accelerated in the media. I have dealt with that topic, UFOs, aliens, and Operation Bluebeam, in many of my books. Um, I haven't made it like uh, a priority, but it's something that I research and I stay uh, alert to. And, And the reason for that is that Once you open up the door to Operation Bluebeam, you open the door to all kinds of things. So let's dive into Operation Bluebeam. First of all, what is Operation Bluebeam? Operation Bluebeam essentially is the conspiracy theory, or some people would allege fact, that there are people high up in the deep state or whatever, or the intelligence agencies, who, as part of their plan of deception, they, um, they have, have either created the mythology of aliens visiting Earth from outer space but Operation Bluebeam is a spin-off from that because in Operation Bluebeam, what what happens is mankind, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the United States, it could be China or Russia or whatever. Um, powerful nations create via technology an artificial reality using high technology. And when they create this artificial reality with high technology, they are creating a mass illusion, a mass trance state, a mass hypnotic state, if you will, coupled with very sophisticated EMF technology. And by EMF technology, you know that I mean electromagnetic frequency technology. And the the name of the game is to artificially create the existence of an alien visitation, a visitation from UFOs, and they're changing the name of UFOs, and they're changing the name of aliens. And what you notice is there's an increasing number of reports, an increasing number of high-level discussions by our military, by scientists, by big shots in the Pentagon, there's, there's an increase. It's almost what used to be a, a drip or a drab of information has now become an outpouring of information. Let me give you an example. Just in the last week or so alone, to show you the acceleration of interest and news coverage on this, so just in the last week or so alone, you have the, the Fox uh, newsman, Tucker Carlson, who has done a number of uh, shows on 
UFOs with interviews uh, with people from the Pentagon and and video footage of what people are claiming is a UFO. Um, I have to be honest with you that what they're claiming is a UFO is is, is reminds me of the first generation or so of electronic video games. I mean, going going way back to, 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 to Mario Brothers and stuff like that. Because because the, the graph the electronic gra- <laughs> the electronic graphics on this is so just to be blunt, lame. All it is is this dark, this small dark rectangular box moving around on a flat TV screen with a bunch of scientists and, and military analysts and experts in the Air Force telling us what velocity this uh, UFO would have to be traveling at. And it's speculative. I mean, I don't remember the exact, you know, miles per hour that it was allegedly traveling. But, I mean, the, the, the graphics, the picture, the, the square box moving off the coast of the United States and other places, the electronic graphics was so uh, lame. It was so uh, uh, primitive that you know it, it did. In my opinion, it didn't prove anything. So, having said that, my interest is not looking for uh, technical proof, photographic or video proof. My interest is this: Why are we seeing such a phenomenal increase? in the level of news reporting, claiming that we're being visited by UFOs and aliens. That's, that's my question. So Tucker Carlson, uh, who normally, Fox uh, normally would never have touched this topic, now they're touching the topic a lot. And then you go back a number of years, and strategic psychological seed planning in human consciousness. So, for example, you have President Bill Clinton asking publicly, uh, asking our CIA or whoever about the existence of UFOs and aliens going all the way back to Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. And then you have President Obama, one of the first things he talked about when he uh, got into office was. He wanted to look at the files of on the UFOs, the UFO files. And even uh, President Donald Trump wanted to look at the files, the UFO files, um, if, if indeed there, there are any. So put that on the shelf for a moment. And I want to look at this objectively. Why now at this the start period in time, are we seeing a resurgence of interest and a resurgence of news media coverage all regarding UFOs, ET visitors from another planet, uh, and the whole, the whole topic of aliens and ETs, extraterrestrials, uh, is is coming alive again, and there's a surge of interest. Now, it's that right there that motivates my desire 
to cover this on today's edition and other editions of the Paul McGuire Report. My interest isn't looking for some pristine picture of an alien or a UFO craft or whatever. That's not my interest. My interest is the historical and contemporary cultural positioning on the topic of UFOs and ETs. That's my interest. Because this is my theory, and I'm curious what you think about it and what your uh, perspective is. But my theory is that this regeneration of interest on UFOs, on ETs, etc., etc., and even now public discussion on what is known as Operation Bluebeam, why the resurgence of interest now? And could this resurgence of interest be artificially generated to function as a diversion, to, to function uh, in the manner in which all diversions function? The purpose of a diversion uh, psychologically and the purpose of a diversion uh, uh, in terms of media and geopolitics, the purpose of a diversion is just that. It's to divert public attention away from the really important, dangerous things and the things that really, really matter and the things that will really impact Americans and people all over planet Earth. Things, to be blunt, are not going well on planet Earth right now. You don't need an ET and a UFO craft to tell you that. Things are not going well on planet Earth, and a lot of people are in trouble, and they're being investigated, and and the wolves, so to speak, are at the door. The wolves are at the door because there's been grotesque mismanagement by some of our leaders on both sides of the political fence. There's been grotesque mismanagement. And just to bullet point some of the epicenter dangers we're facing, such as the potential of World War III breaking out, that's a very real possibility in light of NATO, the United States, the EU, and Russia, the the fact that geopolitically um, the energy crisis appears to be being manipulated, um, and some are alleging that there's a deliberate attempt to ignite some kind of conflict on the level of World War III. And the boiling point keeps getting hotter and hotter. And what they're using to potentially ignite World War III is an energy crisis. So you have, you have these players in the game. You have the United States of America. You have communist China. You have Russia and other powerful nations, the, the EU, the European Union. And they're all vi- supposedly they're vying for power over the lack of oil, which then creates a volatile energy crisis 
And that energy crisis could literally drive the nations of the earth, the militaries of the earth. It could drive the nations of the earth into a China syndrome, if you will, in a mad quest to discover alternative energy sources. And that means getting oil, developing alternative energy sources, and then the very real prospect of a World War III or military battles breaking out over an energy crisis. And, of course, in the football game of an energy crisis, what, what becomes volatile is the, the limited amount of oil and gas. And so you could have powerful nations, the, the most powerful nations in the world, going into war, like World War III, using weapons on a level that have never been used before in human history. And it's not hard to conceive of China in a not only a conventional military conflict with the United States, but it's not too easy to imagine China engaged militarily with the United States of America, the EU, Russia, and, and other players, all who are armed to the teeth. One, one news story I was watching, it was either today or yesterday, said that the level of spending by communist China and the level of spending by the Chinese communist military is now going into the hundreds of millions and millions of dollars or yen or whatever currency name you want to give it. China is, is now spending, according to this uh, news reporting, China is now spending more money on its military, on its arms buildup, on high-tech weapons and conventional weapons than ever before. So the alarm bells should be ringing in your head. Why are they doing this? And, and the answer really is a no-brainer. They're doing this to arm themselves to the teeth in the eventuality or the potential of a World War III scenario breaking out between communist China and the United States. And the potential scenarios that are being discussed in the media and other places are, are really, well, you could sum them up uh, by simply quoting the title of that classic movie directed by director Stanley Kubrick, who, who directed uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey and other films. And earlier in his career, Stanley Kubrick did a classic movie called Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, meaning the nuclear bomb. And it, it, it's dark, dark humor in the sense that what director Stanley Kubrick is is depicting in, in the movie uh, is so horrific that, that he has to use satire 
uh, to drive his his point home and uh, using satire to put the brakes on people just freaking out as they contemplate the possibility of America and American generals or generals from another nation using or dropping nuclear bombs on one of our enemies. And then the whole thing escalates into a global thermonuclear war. Now, now this is something that I've been researching and studying for decades in my books, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, like The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, like the brand new book, Power from on High. And I told you that I got, maybe they're listening now, I don't know, I really don't care, but I got a strange, <laughs> I got a strange request. I got a uh, book order from communist North Korea, and they wanted to get a copy of my new book, Power from on High. Now, why would communist North Korea want to get a copy of my new book, Power from on High? Um, and they did this legally, I guess. I don't know if it was legal or not. I, 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 I want nothing to do with them, by the way, um, for, for obvious reasons. But they attempted to order the book, and, and the, the name that they used in their attempt to order my brand new book, Power from on High, they placed the order through the name, the, the People's Republic of Korea. Now, if you're tired like I was when I saw the order come in, you're not really thinking analytically and you're not scrutinizing the order like, you know, you, it can easily slide by your conscious mind because um, I paused for a moment when, when I, I found out that the order had come in from the People's Republic of Korea. And I paused for a couple of seconds, and I said, hey, wait a minute. The, the People's Republic of North Korea is translated communist North Korea. It's the communist half of Korea. As you know, Korea was split up into two different nations after World War II. You have the, the free South Korea. And then you have the communist totalitarian state known as North Korea. So I was looking up uh, on the CIA website, and it was very interesting because going back a number of years in the past, North Korea was called by the CIA, called by other nations uh, in the global community. They were they were called, their official name was the, the People's Republic of Korea. But you see, that slips by you when you're busy. And that was their intention. They intended to slip the order by me. Um, and they almost succeeded. But fortunately, thank God, I was paying attention. And I knew instantly that this entity, this national uh, Republic, the People's Republic of North Korea, 
was in reality, when you decode the, the proper name, it is really the People's Republic of North Korea, or more popularly known as Communist North Korea. It's Communist North Korea, but they deliberately diverted that, they deliberately hid that, they deliberately concealed that, hoping that it would just slide through. Well, it didn't slide through, because I caught it, I checked it in, in the CIA website, and they, don't, they have not really officially been called the People's uh, Republic of Korea for a long time. That's, that's an old name that's kind of sanitized, that kind of hides from you the fact that this is the hardcore communist North Korea. And so uh, they were attempting to order my book, Power from on High. And you may say, well, why didn't you sell it to them? Souls would be saved. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. If I was, if I was comfortable with that, that would be a different story. But the reality is, only somebody relatively high up on the food chain of North Korea would have the authority to order a book like mine uh, called Power from on High. Um, a lower level or lower ranking employee, and everybody, by the way, in a communist nation, works for the Communist Party and the Communist totalitarian government. So there's no such thing as a, a quote, businessman or an independent company. The same is true with Communist China. All these Chinese corporations that you see, Communist manufacturers, all these Communist laboratories that, that make COVID and experiment with COVID-19, they make vaccines and vaccinations. All of the uh, companies that uh, make electronics, all the stuff you see in these giant shipping cargo containers stacked on top of boats, uh, many of them are, are off. Um, many of them you can stand uh, on, on the, Southern California, and you can look out into the ocean. Of course, there's the Long Beach Harbor, which is a massive, massive harbor. And you can look out into the Pacific Ocean, and you can see an endless fleet of cargo container ships that have come in from communist China. And uh, they, they, they have not been allowed, in many cases, to actually bring in their manufactured products. Because just so many things we get from communist China, like a huge percentage of our medicines, pills, and other kinds of medicines, all kinds of products that you wouldn't think a sane and rational nation like America an allegedly sane and, and rational nation like America. All these things that you would assume would, would, go th would come into the United States of America under the highest level of scrutiny, the reality is it slides under the crack in the door with little or no scrutiny. 
And, and what you have to understand, and I, I, re, I remember when I used to commute, when I used to do the AM, FM, Paul McGuire show three hours a day, uh, uh, I remember seeing these massive trains, freight trains, carrying, you know, it takes 45 minutes for these freight trains to go by the, the commuter trains. And these freight trains would be stacked three high with these cargo container ships, which just came right off the cargo container ships from the Long Beach uh, shipping yards. And then they were sent by train to, to various places across the United States of America. But the point is, this is the point, the point is, there's no such thing in a communist nation as, as an independent business, as an independent manufacturer, as being an independent employee like, like there is in the United States of America. That's non-existent. What you have in China is you, everybody works for the Communist Chinese Party, the Communist Chinese uh, you know, you see the names, all these Chinese names on the shipping container ships and, and, and railroad cars, etc. Well, every one of those companies are not independent companies like most Americans think they are. What they really are is fronts for the Communist Party and the Communist military. So all the goods and services manufactured in China are made and owned and controlled, and the profits generated are all flowing directly into the, the Communist Chinese Party and the Communist Chinese military. It's one gigantic Communist Chinese uh, military, industrial, manufacturing, pharmaceutical, etc., etc., complex. So the people making our medicines, here's the irony of it. The people making our medicines in communist China are the same people who make and experiment in creating biological weapons and biological warfare. So the same gigantic business entities and corporations that manufacture uh, um, products and services that are sold to Americans like flashlight batteries or whatever. These are the same companies that make chemical weapons, biological warfare weapons uh, of all kinds. And it's a very spooky world, and it, it is the world of Dr. Strangelove. So there's this classic scene in uh, Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove movie, where this, this top general from the military-industrial complex is all fired up about the prospect of using and, and dropping a nuke uh, on one of uh, America's enemies. And so, in a comedic style, this uh, uh, military, American general, military-industrial complex guy literally straddles a nuclear missile 
as it is being dropped out of a, a, a jet flying over one of our enemy nations. And the guy is, is saying Yahoo and waving his cowboy hat like he's intoxicated with power and the prospect of nuking our enemies. And so he's saying Yahoo and acting as if he's, he's trying to, I grew up in New York City, so I don't know what the, the, the technical name is for when you, you uh, ride a, a bull or a cow or whatever, and you, and you uh, ride it till you break it so you can train it and control it. There's a term for that, but I grew up in the city, so I don't know. I don't know what that is. So many of you know what it is. So this is this is what's hap- This is what happens in communist nations. So the same thing is true in communist North Korea. Everybody in communist North Korea. There's no such thing as some person seeking. Well, there there are people that are seeking the truth, but if they were to get a package from me and a book that says power from on high. <laughs> I mean, may the Lord have mercy on their souls, because it would probably be intercepted by the communist by the Korean Communist Party, and the person would be punished, thrown to jail, or killed. And I wasn't interested in doing that dance. That's a dark dance, and I'm not interested in going to that ball. So, um, I, I, well, I'll just leave it at that. But the point is that um, I ask myself, obviously this is not somebody in communist Korea, North Korea, looking for truth. Because if they are, they're taking a massive risk because that package sent from the United States would attract attention and it would attract scrutiny and they could probably end up dead. So why would uh, a mysterious order come in from the uh, North Korean communist nation? Why? Well, I'll tell you why. I think they were curious about some of the content and topics that I discussed in my book, Power from on High. And remember, in a communist nation, they're brainwashed not to believe in God. But they are always on the lookout for power and acquiring more power and, and getting power that would give them uh, the definitive edge in, in, in any kind of military conflict. So that could potentially be why they were attracted to my book, Power from On High. In addition, I talk about the future of America, the future of the world, Bible prophecy, power from on high. And so if they were to read the book, you say, well, why didn't you send it? Because it's not going to some spiritually hungry man or woman. It's going to an officer in the the Korean communist military or the Korean communist party. That's where it's going. And I'm not interested in sending a book that that means somebody's death sentence. But if they read the book, uh, they would discover that, yes, you can have access to unlimited power. But if you read the, the entire book, Power from on High, 
you're being able to gain access to unlimited power or the power of God, which I just document as the dunamis, which means the dynamite detonation power of God. It's the explosive dynamite detonation power of Almighty God, power from on high. But the but but in order to use power from on high, and this message is clearly put in the book, and they can hear my radio program, which goes out all over the world anyway. Um, the message that is in the book plainly states that access to this thing in the Bible called power from on high is conditional in the sense that you can only access the dunamis, the dynamite power of God or power from on high. You can only access that power by faith, but that faith has to be rooted in the agape love of Jesus Christ, which I clearly explain, that you can't utilize or harness or tap into God's power by faith unless you're operating within the rules of God's Word, and unless you're operating within, unless you're operating within the, uh, unless you're operating in synchronization with the character of God, which is love. You can't go running amok, killing people, chopping their heads off, selling their organs, sex trafficking, and, and doing these monstrously demonic things and expect to be able to tap into the supernatural power of God. What also may have interested them in the book, because you have to ask yourself the question, why were they interested in the book? Because the book talks about stuff that their nation desperately needs, every nation desperately needs. And what their nation desperately needs is they, in their carnal fallen minds, they are pursuing power. But they're pursuing power that is separated from the love of God. And if you're going to do that, you're right then and there violating the laws of God. The reason the pilgrims and Puritans were able to use the secret key to open the doorway and the door to God's supernatural power and supernatural wealth and supernatural blessing and supernatural revitalization of your economy, the reason America was able to tap into those things is because our founding fathers, the Pilgrims and Puritans, understood the complete dynamic which was at work. The Pilgrims and Puritans understood that in order to operate within the context of power from on high, you have to obey and place yourself in submission to God's rules. And God's rules are simply this that you must love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You must love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, you just start with the Ten Commandments, and then you get into the book of Genesis, and you see, you see the rules that the pilgrims and Puritans, unlike our contemporaries today, the pilgrims and Puritans chose to abide by the rules of God, which released the dunamis, the supernatural power of God. And just like God promises to you and me and anybody else, 
just like God promises to anyone who will come to him and repent of their sins and repent of uh, breaking the word of God, repent of worshiping idols, repent of worshiping themselves as gods, repent of breaking the laws of God, all spelled out in Deuteronomy 28. If they repent from those actions, those thoughts and deeds which are evil, then it, then and only then will, the, will God's doors of supernatural blessing, supernatural power, supernatural wisdom, power from on high, supernatural economic prosperity, supernatural ideas for technology and computers and management, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In other words, you, you know, when you're moving around and trying to navigate your way through this fallen world, you can't approach God like some kind of uh, Korean uh, buffet or barbecue. I don't know if you've ever been to a Korean barbecue. They have them in New York and in L.A. And, and depending upon the Korean barbecue, they can be quite, you know, it's, it, the food quality is usually really good. And you pick and choose in a Korean barbecue what you want. And that's fine. But you can't approach the banquet table of God and pick and choose what you want. In other words, you can't continue to torture people, sell their body parts, sell little boys and girls, and who knows what else. You can't just pick and choose and sell people in sadistic sex trafficking selling drugs, waging wars, threatening to to nuke entire nations, torturing people. You can't continue to do all that. You can't walk up to the buffet table. God is not running a Korean barbecue. God is going to run the marriage supper of the Lamb. But you can't pick and choose. You have to humble yourself before God and motivated by a spirit of love and operating within the context of agape love, then God will allow you to partake of the blessings and the prosperity and the protection and the economic blessings, etc., etc., that are bestowed upon any people, individual, and nation that chooses to operate within the context of the laws of God, the heart of God, and the will of God. That's the secret of power from on high. So are you tracking with me? Do you understand why I made the decision that I made? So I'm not interested in dealing with a a proxy government or corporation supposedly run by communist Chinese corporations or communist Korean corporations. I'm not interested in doing that because I believe in God. And if they were to try to use the infinite and unlimited supernatural power of God described by the Lord Jesus Christ as the dunamis, which means power from on high, described as the dunamis dynamite, where we get our word dynamite, Detonation. It's an explosive detonation of the supernatural power of God, known as the dunamis, 
which Jesus Christ referred to as um, this being clothed with power from on high, receiving power from on high. And that's available to anyone. But the warning is, if you violate the integrity of God's Word, if you violate the rules of God's Word, you will, you will detonate yourself, you will detonate your own nation, you nationally or individually or united with enemy nations, you will experience a nuclear blowback of unprecedented force because you have violated, you have stolen a truth from the law of God. And you see, the condition of receiving the supernatural blessing of God is that you come to the Lord as the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek him with humility, you seek him out of love, you seek him in order to bless people, set people free. You have to harmonize and synchronize with the laws of God, which are all based on love. God is love. This is what the pilgrims and Puritans did. The, the secret behind the American dream is not what the Rockefeller family, the Rothschild family, and others think it is. The secret behind the American dream, the spiritual, supernatural secret, they, they talk about the secret all the time now. Oprah Winfrey and others are continually uh, using occult languages and occult references to harness the secret. And there's the promise of wealth and money and favor and healing. And, and things of that nature that will be bestowed upon you. And best-selling books and movies have been made called The Secret. But the true secret behind the secret is that the secret can only truly be released when you come to God in the way that he demands in his law and that you conduct your thoughts, your actions, your activities, all your behavior, all your actions, all your decisions, all the things that you do with what God has given you must be in synchronization with who God is, and God is love. You can't run a totalitarian Frankenstein government where people are tortured. The Nazis tried this. The Nazis were, and I, I go, I, I explain all this in my book. Um, um, I've written thirty-eight books, so I'm trying to remember which book. I explain all of this in my book, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume One and Two. The Nazis were experimenting and harnessing genuine occultic supernatural power. In fact. They, the specific power that they harnessed that supernaturally enabled them to be victorious and, and do all these futuristic and scientific and technological things, the actual name for that supernatural power was called the Vril Force, V-R-I-L. And so the occult secret societies like Vril, uh, 
Thule, T-H-U-L-E, and other secret societies, the Nazi rocket scientists, the Nazi mind control scientists, uh, the Nazi genetic or DNA scientists, they all collaborated to harness the supernatural power of the Vril Force. And they took this very seriously. The Vril Force, by the way, was this was this supernatural force and power that the Nazi scientists observed was characterized by this glowing green light. And also, according to the, the, the Nazi records, because Adolf Hitler sent out researchers and discoverers and scientists all over the world to gather back the secrets of occult power. He sent his scientists and his operatives into the way up into the Himalayan mountains. He sent his scientists uh, into the mountains of Tibet. He sent his scientists uh, via uh, Nazi submarines and uh, other mechanisms. He sent his Nazi scientists deep under the ice of the Arctic and Antarctica. And Supposedly, that when the Nazi scientists burrowed down deep beneath the surface of the earth, there was this massive, massive underground world, which was warm, and it was fully lit up, and they were able to harness healing powers. And it was fully lit, lit up because it was the land where there was a midnight sun. There was a, the equivalent of a burning sun. Uh, that was deep below the surface of the ice of Antarctica and the Arctic. And this sun, uh, the sun-like energy, was called the Vril Force. And not only did it, was it like a midnight sun that, that illuminated the depths under Antarctica, but it illuminated the minds of the Nazi scientists, but they, the Nazi scientists used it for evil. And additionally, Operation Paperclip and many of the scientific discoveries that the Nazis were experimenting with, um, they were able to access it through occult powers, supernatural powers like ESP, psychic powers, remote viewing, um, um, time travel. Uh, the building of advanced rockets, the, 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 the inventions of Nazi scientific mind control, and the birth of the MK Ultra program, which programmed people hypnotically and with drugs like LSD and occult powers. And then the Nazis conspired under the direction of Adolf Hitler, and Adolf Hitler got his laboratory. Uh, designs from the Rockefeller family. The Rockefeller family had laboratories in Cold Spring Harbor, uh, New York, and they were breeding, they were secretly breeding a master race. They were secretly breeding a superior DNA and superior genetic race. And Adolf Hitler got his hands on the genetic science, the DNA science, and Adolf Hitler got his hands 
on all the scientific formulas for creating a master race. And then Adolf Hitler took all this hard genetic science, the, the science of euthanasia, the genetic science, the DNA science. Adolf Hitler gathered all these disciplines of science and he began to artificially manufacture a master race. And this whole thing with the, the, the whole mythology of creating a master race of uh, light-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, or light-green-eyed uh, uh, supermen and superwomen that allegedly were genetically superior, genetically stronger, genetically healthier, and genetically more intelligent was part one of the secret programs of the Nazi scientists. And they began to create a, a super race. Now, this experimentation of a Nazi super race and the deliberate um, destruction, the deliberate genetic annihilation, the deliberate DNA annihilation of any race of men or women that the Nazis arbitrarily considered to be an inferior race, they were deliberately euthanized or killed or destroyed because it was Hitler and the, the plan of the Nazi scientists and the plan of the occultists was to wipe out and eradicate all what they perceived to be genetically inferior races. And so Hitler created all these programs like, like killing off something like 35 million Jews and non-Jews that they considered to be genetically inferior. And all of this came from these Nordic legends, these, these myths that a UFO had, had landed uh, in the Arctic or the Antarctic regions high up in the Himalaya mountains, or, or they developed super civilizations deep, deep under the ice. And they developed these super civilizations for the purpose of scientifically wiping out what they thought were inferior races. And through the process of the science of eugenics, they were breeding out the inferior races and artificially multiplying what they believed to be the superior genetic races. Okay, so they wiped out over 30 million people in the Holocaust through their genetic experiments. In addition, they took their young people and they selected what they believed were the healthiest ones, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, light-skinned, tall, Nordic, genetic races, and they, th these experiments were, were known as the Lettisbourne experiments. And the Lettisbourne experiments was when they got a whole bunch of young female and a whole bunch of young male, uh, what they believed were genetically superior races, and they had these young people breed, uh, you know, in, in giant tents so that this master race would multiply. Now, don't think for a moment that the science of eugenics 
and the science of uh, uh, euthanasia and all these others, dark secret scientific experiments, they're continuing on to this very day. And so what we have going on secretly, deep, deep, uh, hidden experimentation with master races, we have a secret program of euthanasia, a secret program of genetically breeding a master race, a secret program of wiping out through vaccinations, biological warfare, or whatever. The elite, the globalist elite, believe that they, the Illuminati bloodline families, believe in their pride that they are genetically superior because they have a genetic link or a DNA link to uh, a master race of godlike men and women that goes back thousands of years. And it's hard to, to discern the difference between mythology, fairy tales, and what really happened. But the belief system of the Illuminati bloodline families, and this is why they only breed within their own bloodline families, they, they believe that by selectively breeding within their own bloodline families, that they will reproduce and keep their Illuminati bloodline DNA and genetic pool uncorrupted. And so this all goes back if people would read their Bibles, especially Christians. Christians, Christians are incapable of effectively fighting the spiritual warfare of our time. And Christians uh, are not effective in, in dealing with <clears throat> things like the Illuminati bloodline families and genetic uh, corruption and DNA corruption. They're not effective in dealing with this because they approach the Word of God through unbelief, through disbelief, and they don't believe. Christians don't believe God's Word for what it actually says. And so when you read Genesis 6, this is the Bible itself gives us an account of the Illuminati bloodline families. And the master races that go all the way back to ancient Babylon and the mystery Babylon religions. And so um, we can win the spiritual warfare, but a prerequisite to winning the spiritual warfare is we have to have faith or belief in the integrity of God's Word. If we don't believe God's Word, we lose our power. We lose power from on high. And therefore, we rob ourselves, or we cheat ourselves, of the supernatural power of God, which is the distinguishing factor in being victorious in multidimensional spiritual warfare that is fought both in the physical realm, and it is also fought simultaneously in the spiritual or invisible realm. Okay, so I'm turning... Uh, in my Bible. The Bible is jam-packed with scientific DNA genetic accounts. I mean, there's no way that you can miss the obvious. 
So let's read what the Bible says regarding the DNA of man. Okay, so in Genesis 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, and yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterwards when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men, uh, were of old men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things, and birds of the air, but I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, we see that God is poised to pour out his judgment on all mankind. But as we studied the scripture in Genesis 6, what is of particular, what is of particular importance is the fact that um, God is ready to judge not only all of mankind, not only all the animal species, the bird species, the fish species, and, and all these other species on the earth, God is ready to judge them. But it tells us in Genesis uh, 6, starting in verse 11, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, kind of like it is now. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So because of the violence, because of the perversion, because of the corruption uh, of mankind, with mankind on the earth, God, this violated the laws of God, and God was prepared to judge every species, both animal, fish, bird, men and women. God was prepared to judge or wipe out every species on the earth. And at the same time, God is giving instructions to Noah to build this supernatural massive ark, and on this massive ark, Noah is instructed by God to bring every species of animal, bird, fish, or whatever kingdom onto the ark. Two by two, they're brought onto the ark, both male and female. And that's done for the purpose of reproduction. Noah brings them on the ark, two by two, male and female, for the purpose of reproduction. But, but how could it be that God would destroy and judge the fish, the animal species, and all the different species. How could it be that God would judge the animal species? They, they were not willfully, as far as we know, committing evil. So, so what, why was God going to judge them? Well, there's a secret buried in these passages of Scripture. The secret is 
that God is going to judge all the various species that multiplied on the earth because um, they had allowed their DNA, they had allowed their genetic code to be corrupted. And when their DNA or genetic code, all the different animal species, the birds, the fish, et cetera, et cetera, when they allowed their DNA to be corrupted, then that is the reason, that is the primary reason that God was about ready to judge with a global flood every species on planet Earth. Wherever they were, every species on planet Earth was about to be judged through a global flood judgment by God, and and those species that did not corrupt themselves would go with Noah into the ark, where they where after God wiped out the animal species, the corrupted human species, and bird species species, etc. After God wiped them out through a flood. God would restart all over again um, after all the species were wiped out. God would restart again because when the flood finally subsided, God said to Noah and his family and his sons and wives that his first commandment to them was that they were to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth and subdue it. And that's powerful. Now, that brings us right to the very present moment. What's happening on a global scale is a mass human extinction-level event where all of mankind and all of the various species are being deliberately wiped out, and then they're going to restart again. And they're being wiped out because their DNA has been corrupted. So what is it that corrupted the human DNA, the animal DNA, the fish DNA, the birds DNA, etc., etc. What is it which corrupted all the DNA of all the different species on the earth? Well, what corrupted all the different species on the earth um, was the fact that the fallen angels had developed certain technologies which allowed them to impregnate human women, human men, allowed the fallen angels to impregnate all the different species, uh, the fish species, the animal species, the bird species that had been corrupted. They were all going to be wiped out, and then they would start over again. And this is heavy, and a lot of Christians... This is just too big for their brains. I don't know how to put it any simpler. It's just too big for their brains. Remember, man, and by man I mean male and female, man is God's crowning creation. Man in the sense of both men and women that were that are created in the image of God, both male and female. Man, men and women are the only creatures created in the image of God, both male and female. As such, they are the only creatures that can qualify for eternal life and salvation by faith, by repenting of their sins and asking Jesus Christ to cleanse them with the blood of Jesus Christ and asking 
God to forgive them of all their sins, and then finally, by asking God to come into their life and make them born again. So when the Spirit of God comes inside the heart and body and mind and soul of any man or woman, then they are regenerated by the Spirit of God, and they're born again. After they're born again, then they can enter heaven for all eternity, because the instant they die, they will be in the presence of the Lord. The instant they die, they'll be in the presence of the Lord. So now we see precisely what it is that created this this global uh, corruption of animal, fish, bird DNA, and human DNA. Remember when, and this is what was happening in the days of Noah, and this is also a sign of the last days. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus Christ told us that that was one of the signs of the times, that as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what happened in the days of Noah? When we read Genesis 6, we see that the sons of God, now the sons of God is literally translated um, the fallen angels. The sons of God are the fallen angels. So it's the fallen angels. The fallen angels are not human. The fallen angels do not have human DNA. The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of whom they chose. And then, in verse 4, it says, they're one of the characteristics of the fallen angels' DNA was that fallen angel DNA produced men that were giants in size, tremendously powerful. They had sophisticated technology and sciences, and they were giants, and they were very, very powerful and very, very strong. So, for example, when David encountered the Nephilim or the Rephaim, whose name was Goliath, Goliath was a giant, his brother, his name was Gath, David defeated Goliath. Goliath was a Nephilim or a Rephaim. He was a giant of old. So. The, the fallen angels looked upon human women with lust, had sexual relationships with human women, and then they reproduced a hybrid race, which was a mixture of the DNA of fallen angels intermingled with the DNA of human women. So the DNA of human women was intermingled with the DNA of uh, fallen angels, producing a hybrid race. When you have that contamination or that mixture of human-female DNA with fallen angel DNA, you produce a hybrid race. But, but the offspring of the women is no longer technically human. The DNA that is being produced is no longer human. It's a hybrid. It's an unnatural mixture of human DNA and uh, fallen angel DNA. And 
they manifested themselves as giants. So it says, There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And um, then God is grieved over over the corruption of his uh, creation. I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then here's the key verse, verse 11. The earth also corrupt before God, and the earth was also filled with violence, like now. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And they were also wicked, and violent, and perverse. And so God decides he's going to initiate a global flood to eradicate uh, the corrupted DNA uh, and wipe out the, the hybrid race of human women that, that had relations with uh, uh, fallen angel DNA. And then there was the Great Flood. Now, after the Great Flood subsided, okay, um, God comes before Noah and Noah's sons and their wives and the various species of animals, fish and birds. God comes to them, and then God says he'll never destroy the earth again through a, through a massive flood. And now God wants to restart his creation. So in Genesis chapter 9, starting at verse 1, it says, So God blessed Noah and his sons, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. So they are being fruitful and multiplying. And verse 7, it says, And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. And so they began to do that again. So, what was the problem? The problem was that the human females were mating with the fallen angels, producing a hybrid race. Now, this also happened on Mount Hermon when the fallen angels, when 200 fallen angels descended upon the top of Mount Hermon, and they gave technology and science to mankind. And the fallen angels looked upon human women with lust, and they mated with the human women, producing, once again, a hybrid race, which produced an intermingling of human-female DNA mixed with uh, corrupted human DNA and mixed with um, uh, fallen angel DNA. And the cycle starts again, and now we are in an age, going back to the Nazi scientists, the genetic scientists, and the genetic experimentation in our time. And so what is happening in our time now is on the same level of genetic corruption and the same level of genetic or DNA violation as what occurred 
in the time of the days of Noah and the Great Flood. And so this global genocide initiated by the globalist and Luciferian elite have initiated once again a global genocide where through the proliferation and the artificial spreading of disease and the corrupting and the contamination of DNA, um, the globalist elite are, are artificially manipulating the DNA and the DNA code. And what they're not telling people on a mass level, they're, they're not telling billions of people on planet Earth, they're hiding from them, just like the Nazis did. They're hiding from them their secret plan to radically reduce the Earth's population, and they're um, hiding from the masses. They're hiding this from billions of people, the fact that the technologies involved in um, um, vaccinations and the technologies involved in uh, DNA and DNA modification and genetic code modification, all of those technologies are altering the fundamental nature of human DNA. Human DNA is once again being corrupted on a global level so that billions and billions of people on planet Earth are having their DNA or genetic code corrupted. And in addition to that, the globalist elite are planning through the development and mass distribution of biological weapons, pandemics, plagues, food shortages, the usage of artificial weather weapons. Most Christians don't even know that artificial weather weapons exist. I talk about it in, in my book. They do exist. Artificial weather weapons. And that's just the beginning of the technologies that, that mankind is employing in this time period, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And all of these things that are mind-blowing in nature, all of these things are, were, and are warned about by Jesus Christ when he talks about what the earth will be like and what the signs of the times will be like immediately before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ at his second coming. And we're somewhere in that time period before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ finally returns to the earth, he will be riding a white horse, he will be followed by the armies of heaven and the angelic armies. They will descend to the nation of Israel. They will descend to the valley of Megiddo, or Armageddon, where they will initiate a last day's war with um, Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, all the men and women who have received the mark of the beast. Um, they, they have all, uh, the time is coming very, very soon sooner than you think, where people are going to be given a choice about whether or not they want to receive a microscopic neural implant or a microscopic neurological implant, which will allow them 
to plug themselves in through EMF and 5G, 6G, and 7G transmitters and receivers. It will allow billions of people on planet Earth to plug themselves in to a, on a wireless basis, it will allow them to plug themselves into a hive mind or a world brain and a global system. And this is the global system that God warned about in the book of Genesis, where we read the account of Mystery Babylon and the formation of a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system known as Mystery Babylon. Now, this Mystery Babylon system rises again. It's depicted in the book of Genesis. The return of Mystery Babylon is, is written about in the book of Revelation. And when Mystery Babylon returns, the people that can buy or sell are those that made a deal with the devil, those that have received a chip implant or a, a neural implant, probably in their right hand or their forehead. And through a wireless electromagnetic frequency transmission or reception, they can participate in the brand new global satanic economic system. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I have all of this stuff in my latest books. They're available to you right now at a big discount. Simply visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us and read the books have Bible studies with them, talk about them, and and allow your level of knowledge. <clears throat> this is imperative. You've got to come to the place in your Christian life where you allow your level of knowledge to rise. You allow your level of knowledge to escalate. And when you allow your level of knowledge to escalate, you can, through wireless 5G transmitters and receivers, plug yourself in through wireless technology into the hive mind or the world brain. This is the Paul McGuire Report. Visit paulmcguire.us now. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Okay, so I want to um, finish with Operation Bluebeam. And this is extremely important. Because what Operation Bluebeam is, it's using highly sophisticated technology uh, to artificially simulate the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we have technology like there's approximately 40,000 satellites flying in the upper atmosphere uh, around planet Earth. Uh, there are 5G towers, there are uh, all kinds of electronic devices that can create lifelike, real-life, virtual reality uh, worlds. So people can stand on planet Earth, look up into the skies, and then for miles and miles and miles, as far as the eye can see, uh, you would see a lifelike simulation of Jesus Christ returning a lifelike simulation of Jesus Christ returning to planet Earth at a simulated uh, second coming, along with the armies of heaven. And so we have all these technologies that can produce virtual reality up in the skies. 
virtual reality that is ultimately produced by EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. Remember, everything in this physical world that we live in, you, your face, me, my face, every person, plants, trees, everything, music, art, movies, everything that projects itself into this physical reality world is generated by specific numerical electromagnetic frequencies. And that is what our entire reality is a virtual reality that's composed of specific electromagnetic frequencies. So a, a Operation Blue Beam is, is simply the linking together on a planetary level of various EMF or electromagnetic frequencies. They're linked together in the upper atmosphere and the ionosphere over nations and continents. And then depending upon how you aim the EMF transmitters and depending upon the specific frequencies, which are uh, in numbers, in numerical form, depending upon the specific frequencies that are being generated, then what you see up in the atmosphere becomes a virtual or life-like reality. And so the technology is available, probably far further along than we realize, but the technology is now available for you and I to see a simulated second coming of Jesus Christ along with the angelic armies, uh, a simulated rapture where people are, are removed from planet Earth, in, in a kind of virtual reality scenario. So, um, Operation Bluebeam, or the Operation Bluebeam Project, is a, a, a project that is allegedly a joint project uh, by NASA and the United Nations, and it incorporates the usage of the strongest available uh, EMF frequencies, and its game plan is to spread a global virtual reality in the form of a global um, new religion, an artificial religion on planet Earth with an artificial god, artificial angels. But in this particular case, um, these powerful technologies are going to be deliberately generated in Operation Bluebeam. They're going to be generated in order to spread a brand new one world religion on planet Earth and create an entire spectrum of various EMF generated simulations to establish through electromagnetic frequencies and neural implants and satellites to establish total control on people and establish the new world order. Now, remember, this was what happened in um, ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel, and this is also the goal of the Great Reset. Their goal is to create a new world order, which they are now calling the Great Reset, and the Great Reset and their new world order is going to be a combination of a one-world religion, a one-world economic system, and a one-world government. 
In addition to that, everybody will be plugged in on a wireless basis via a neural implant, a microscopic neural implant, and you'll do all your purchasing, buying and selling, uh, a record of your education and vaccinations and everything will all be recorded and stored via computer chip in your body, brain, and spirit. Now, a lot of people, uh, do, you know, I don't have a solid position on this. I'm not going to tell you, well, this absolutely 100% is going to happen. But what I am saying is that Operation Bluebeam uh, has been a, let's just call it a potential conspiracy theory with the possibility of it really happening. And it's been around, Operation Bluebeam, talk of Operation Bluebeam has been around since 1994. Um, and it is part of the United Nations secret plans for a new world order. So Operation Bluebeam could be, could be, uh, relegated as a conspiracy theory that develops the New World Order conspiracy. In other words, if you wanted to cause billions of people on planet Earth to believe that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, has returned, and you needed a plausible excuse as to why hundreds of millions of people, if not billions of people, have disappeared from planet Earth, or even further than that, not only do they disappear from planet Earth, but, but it appears visually in terms of an electronic simulation that they are being like violently removed from planet Earth and taken into the upper atmosphere. Well, what that would be, what Operation Bluebeam would be, is an electronic simulation, <clears throat> a virtual reality of, let's say, the rapture or the second coming. Now, the after effect of that would be is that. Billions of people would totally believe that this Messiah that they're seeing uh, lifelike in the sky, this Messiah simulation, is really the Messiah appearing. It's really Jesus Christ coming for his church uh, during the rapture, or it's Jesus Christ coming at the second coming in cooperation with the Antichrist. So it's, an, it's a counterfeit or an artificial second coming, or an artificial or counterfeit um, um, rapture. And it could be potentially, you could do this with Allah or, or any God you, cho you, you, you choose. So, in cooperation with the Antichrist, an electronic and EMF simulation of the second coming could be created, and all humans left on planet Earth uh, could be united through the through the supernatural signs and wonders. They could be united under a single one-world religion, under the framework of a virtual reality Operation Bluebeam. And this way, total control would be much easier to establish over planet Earth. And other stages uh, that would be additionally necessary for establishing the Great Reset or the New World Order uh, would, would take place basically simultaneously. So um, there was a Blue Beam in investigative journalist, a Canadian 
investigative journalist named Serge Monast, and he investigated uh, conspiracy theories. And he published a book in 1994 called Project Bluebeam, NASA. And it was all about, it was a, a hypothetical book about how uh, uh, there could be a virtual reality Operation Bluebeam, and uh, it would be uh, through the usage of what Zbigniew Brzezinski, one of the founders of the, the, the Trilateral Commission, um, but then this this uh, Canadian journalist. Uh, some people believe that he was poisoned to death, uh, and he was poisoned to death using a psychotropic weapon. And the irony of this is the, the this blue beam theory, published by Monast, is identical to an earlier uh, um, story idea written by Gene Roddenberry, the, the creator of uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. And Gene Roddenberry um, wrote a screenplay um, where aliens try to invade Earth and initially send religious leaders created through a virtual reality or a technological simulation to the Earth with the, with the deliberate aim of using powerful virtual reality deception to shatter the faith among people and then spread their own uh, satanic counterfeit religion. In other words, a satanic counterfeit religion is, is created to deceive uh, billions of people on planet Earth. And so he drafted another idea, and uh, this was, uh, part of this was included in the, the movie Star Trek, the motion picture. And it was uh, initially published as a novel years before Monast published his book. So this gets this is this this is what created the the operation uh bluebeam uh, uh mythology and one of the things that a lot of people point out is that during this coronavirus pandemic uh as in the uh, scenario described by monast uh where he talks about a virtual reality operation bluebeam the Antichrist in Monast's novel resorts to using artificial epidemics or pandemics at the third final stage of establishing control over human beings. And conspiracy theorists believe that this process um, has already begun. In addition to that, there have been, you know, there are amateur type videos, but they do the job, these amateur-type videos that have been released on the Internet and watched by millions of people that deal with Operation Bluebeam. And so the, the rumors and the technology regarding Operation Bluebeam has been, been floating around uh, for uh, several decades, and um, it, it is a... It has been marginalized to a large degree as a conspiracy theory. But look, what if in a moment of crisis, 
on the brink of World War III with nuclear bombs going off? What if there's a whole series of brand new, super, super powerful pandemics with highly powerful uh, uh, artificial disease outbreaks? So what if that happened? And then simultaneously with earthquakes going off, this super realistic imagery in the skies being generated by electromagnetic frequencies. What if all of this synergistically combined at the same time, people are paralyzed with fear and looking up into the skies? To show you how this, this discussion and, and theory about this coincides with a, with a resurgence of interest in ETs and aliens. Uh, just yesterday, I was, I don't know what I was watching, but they were interviewing Steven Spielberg, the, the famous movie director, and they were asking him why he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind, why he directed E.T. And one of the questions they asked him was, uh, what was Close Encounters about? And he, he said it was a way of working out the conflicts in his childhood. And then he was asked by the, the show's Post, what about you know um, the, the the possibility of ETs? Could ETs already be here on planet Earth? Could UFOs already be here on planet Earth? And Steven Spielberg's response, and this was just yesterday, was very interesting. What he said was that it was his belief that one ETs would possibly be benevolent or good. Number two. It was his belief that ETs uh, and UFOs may not necessarily come from outer space. They may not necessarily come from, you know, a galaxy far, far away. But that in reality, Steven Spielberg said, it's highly possible that if planet Earth was to be visited by ETs and UFOs, that these ETs and these UFOs may very well come from thousands and thousands of years in the future and somehow technologically by going through some kind of wormhole or something these uh, UFOs and these ETs manage to to circumvent the the normal space-time continuum and they go through a door uh, in our multi-dimensional universe, and they come to planet Earth to share their wisdom and to to try to facilitate peace. But they come to planet Earth not from the traditional point of view, which means they come from outer space or they come from another galaxy, uh, but they come from thousands and thousands of years into the future. And it's only through a fluke that they use their technology and a UFO, you know, that, that is so large in size, it's impossible to conceive. And they actually slipped through uh, a wormhole in outer space and they come to Earth with advanced futuristic technologies. And potentially they could come to Earth with a some kind of messiah figure. Now, what's Spielberg didn't add this part. I'm adding this part. But what is potentially interesting about his theory is that when the 
Nephilim and the Rephaim, the fallen angels, first descended on Mount Hermon, and they they looked at women, human women, with with sexual desire, and then they mated with human women on Mount Hermon, and they produced the hybrid race, which was a mixture of Nephilim DNA and human female DNA, and then additionally, these fallen angels obviously had to be part of an advanced race, and these fallen angels gave to mankind on Mount Hermon, and they gave to mankind throughout human history at at pivotal points, they gave to mankind uh, highly advanced futuristic technology and highly advanced futuristic science. And in addition to that, they gave mankind all kinds of advanced technologies and sciences and medical knowledge and herbal knowledge and how to create things, how to build things. And then the very existence of the legendary super civilizations, such as Atlantis, if it really existed, or ancient Egypt and the giant pyramids, or you see the the, the evidence of super civilizations uh, all over planet Earth, which are these massive pyramidical and other structures, once again, like Atlantis. And uh, these highly advanced futuristic civilizations um, could only have been built by, by visitors from another world. Now, that other world could have been um, a visitation from fallen angels possessing advanced technology and science. That other world could have been these uh, uh, visitors could have come from uh, a different dimension or traveled through a wormhole or something like that. And then uh, mankind is still trying to uh, assimilate some kind of working perception as to why there are still so many archaeological records and archaeological remains of super civilizations, such as the ancient Egyptian pyramids, such as these super civilization buildings all around the world, the Egyptians, uh, the Pharaoh God King system, um, uh, the the, the Hindu temples, the the temples in Russia, the, the secret temples under Antarctica and the Arctic. All of these things uh, don't yet have an adequate explanation. And in addition to that, there's a supernatural element and a highly advanced scientific element to all of this. Sir Francis Bacon uh, and Sir John Dee, the spiritual occultic advisors to Queen Elizabeth, um, were using very advanced technologies and sciences. So, so these are things that need to be answered. Now, going back to the discovery of quantum mechanics, quantum physics, and what is called EMF, or electromagnetic frequencies, we now know through physics, uh, quantum physics especially, we now know that everything that exists in our physical real world or our physical materialistic universe, everything that exists in our physical materialistic world is the product of a simulation or a generation uh, produced 
by advanced sciences and advanced technologies so that all of the structures, the, the answer to why the, 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 the giant pyramids you know, were moved 50 to 100 miles, we couldn't even do that today. How did that happen? Were there actual inhabitants uh, coming from Mars and other planets? How did that happen? And the, the answers to those questions, like, was there really an Atlantis, a super civilization? Because still, we don't have an explanation for the fact that all over planet Earth, whether it's the Grand Canyon or deep uh, under the water in the Bahamas and in other remote places, you see the archaeological evidence of massive superstructures from super civilizations as well as evidence that they were produced by highly advanced science, highly advanced science that obviously understood the nature and purpose of EMF or electromagnetic frequencies. So, for example, where you have so many of these temples like Stonehenge, the pyramids, uh, the actual uh, geographic location of Washington, D.C., the geographic location like on the 33-degree parallel of Roswell, uh, New Mexico, where the alleged UFO landed in 1947. So many of these so-called visitors from another dimension or outer space seemed to have understood the real purpose and the real energy, the real electromagnetic energy that could be generated from the geographic locations of where these, what appears to be, at one time, we just thought they were decorative, but it appears that things like Stonehenge and these super civilization monuments and the pyramids, etc., are all, and, and uh, uh, other evidences of super civilizations, are all connected to the science and technology of EMF and electromagnetic frequencies, and that one of the purposes, the secret purposes of the pyramids, etc., is that they, the pyramids function as highly advanced Tesla technology, scalar technology, electromagnetic frequency transmitters. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Grab yourself a copy of Power From On High.